Hi, my name is Colin Wood, and welcome to the Long Hollow Stories Podcast. Rob, thanks for being here with us today. Man, it's great to be at Long Hollow. So how long have you been here now? So we moved here last week. Okay. I think we broke a record with all the people that showed up at our house. I think we unpacked this truck in like less than 40 minutes. It was unreal. It took about, you know, four and a half days to load, but it took less than 40 (laughs) minutes to unload. And so kind of surreal being up here with uh, my brother, obviously being on staff and be around Robbie and you guys, a bunch of guys that I've had friendships with for years. Well, to we're, now serve together is great. Well, we're excited that you're here. Uh, for the people that don't know you, we, I thought it would be great to just have you in, uh, let you introduce yourself and your family to our church, and um, tell us about what you're doing here and what the call is uh, that God's placed on your life. But why don't you start by just introducing us to you and your family? Yeah, so uh, my full name, Robert Edwin John Wilton. Thank nice. you, Mama, for those four names. <laughs> And uh, Edwin and John is really important in my life because those are both my grandfathers, and Mm -hmm. I'm a third-generation preacher. Wow. Uh, My grandfather, John Wilton, went to be with Jesus a couple years ago, was really the first person in our family that we can trace that even came to faith in Jesus. Hmm. And so uh, he came to faith, surrendered to preach the gospel. My dad got saved under his ministry. Both my uncles are preachers. My parents moved from South Africa to America, and I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, as my dad came here for seminary. And um, and so that's a little bit of my heritage. I like saying I'm a Cajun African-American redneck (laughs) and uh, spent some time in New Orleans, the Carolinas, where my dad pastors now, Dr. Don Wilton. And so uh, he's a big part of uh, Robbie's story and falling in love with being a pastor. And, And so there's a lot of interrelated things. I've been married to Annabeth. Uh, my wife of now for 13 years. We started dating, though, uh, 20 years ago Wow! Uh, in middle school, high school. Uh, we broke up probably like 150 times <laughs> on the way to getting married. Uh, we have four uh, beautiful children. Uh, my three boys, Bolt is nine, uh, and I love him. He's my artist, and so he'll probably be in this uh, creative team here at Long Hollow. Come on, come and, on. Uh, my dad messed up. He made me and Greg preachers, and so we're not on his church staff anymore. <laughs> I'm going to hand a guitar to my son. He's going to be my worship leader. So, Perfect. Uh, and then twin boys that are seven, Mac and Burke. So we gave all my boys easy one-syllable yelling names. Bolt Mac Burke, I can get it out real quick. And then God bless us with a princess. Her name is Carolina McCall. She's four. She's my favorite. It's not even close. And uh, and so, man, that's it. We, we have a blast together. Um, we love, love this journey that God's called us to, hmm. taking this leap of faith. Even we were going through F-260 last night together, hmm. and we walked through Genesis 12. So Abraham you know, left. And, uh, we talked about the significance of everything we're doing and, uh, we have a lot of fun. So hopefully we get to hang out with some long hollow peeps. We'd love to go and destroy a restaurant with you and, uh, eat some good food here in town. Yeah. I'd say if our families get together or even you and Greg, when your two families get together, yeah. there's a lot of kids menus. Yeah. Typically we apologize on the way out. 
<laughs> warn the people on the way in, hey, this may be a little yeah. noisy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, from your family heritage, you didn't have much of a choice about what profession you were going into, that God yeah. had destined you to be yeah. a preacher. Yeah, and you know, I ran from it, because huh. uh, those of us who grew up in the church, uh, great, right? We love church, but mm-hmm. church people be mean, you know? And uh, I had looked at the best and worst Now, not Long ministry. Hollow people. Not Long Hollow. Right. Uh, other, right. Churches, other churches. Other churches. Other churches. Other uh, churches. And not my dad's church. No, or, no, 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 I mean, no, just no those other churches. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course. Right. And so, um, you know, you look at the best way out with the worst in ministry growing up as a preacher's kid. and. Mm. I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. Hmm. Uh, ran from it, tried to play, uh, you know, basketball, wanted to be a sports agent, played college basketball, was just a little bit too short and uh, didn't get to extend into a professional career. But I actually start out in ministry, surrendering to gospel full-time ministry at a sports camp called Crosspoint hmm. the summer after my freshman year in college. And uh, through that, it opened up a door for me to do college ministry and then I went from college ministry and wrapped up my undergraduate working for Upward Sports, mm-hmm. uh, served as a special projects representative for Kazma Kaslin. Upward started in my dad's church. Okay. And so uh, wrapped up my senior kind of internship working for him. Uh, I got really bored really quick because I was doing a lot of cubicle work. And so I pitched this idea of sending me to New Orleans with Upward Sports uh, to get my seminary degree and also get Upward on the curriculum for the recreation ministry at the campus. And so they sent me down. I was kind of my own boss. And through that, met Robbie. And uh, both Robbie and I, for uh, a year or so before Katrina hit, uh, tried to lead a ton of people to Jesus in New Orleans, worked for David Platt as his assistant. And then Katrina happened. Hmm. And uh, that post-Katrina season was a time where Robbie and I really bonded together as my dad's church adopted um, our two families and five other seminary families who had lost everything. Wow. And uh, that was when Robbie fell in love with being a pastor. And, uh, and so he returned to Morgan City. And actually, I got his job uh, before Katrina, he recommended me back to his former job, which was Mission Lab. Okay. And so after Katrina, I helped to be a part of the rebuilding of that seminary campus and really all of New Orleans. We would host um, really church groups, but faith-based groups all over the country who mm. came to uh, serve the city physically, and mm. I would kind of serve them spiritually by, you know, housing them, feeding them, but then having worship services, and so. A lot of preaching, a lot of fun, and it was through that that God led us to to plant our church in in um, in New Orleans. So was it that time of preaching and ministering to those people that God kind of moved your heart towards being a pastor full time? Yeah. So really, I, I would say that David Platt's influence on my life was the influence that moved me away from sports ministry hmm. and more to preaching ministry. I, I wasn't for sure that the Lord was calling me to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, but after Katrina, kind of doing some really, you know, fringe work, hitting the ground, a lot of uh, servant evangelism, mm-hmm. a lot of sharing your faith. I mean, you minister to someone physically, it immediately opens a door for you to speak to them spiritually. Mm-hmm. And they would start to ask questions like, why are these people from Arkansas 
down here for free gutting my house. Hmm. And you had an immediate opportunity to lead someone to Jesus and plant seeds of the gospel. And as we started to see people come to faith in Jesus, um, really, that was what the Lord started to break my heart. Because about, uh, you know, stats are all over the place, but 30 to 50 churches were no more after Katrina. Hmm. Uh, They didn't reopen because their people completely relocated to other sure. parts of the world. Sure. And so um, God put a, a burden upon my heart to plant a new church. But the way in which that went about was honestly, I was talking with um, uh, the the life groups uh, director here. And uh, he, he was like, man, that's kind of New Testament, what you're talking about there. But my wife is a massage therapist and it's awesome being married to a massage therapist. <laughs> and she worked at a spa on Magazine Street and um, we just started to love on her coworkers. And so I'm doing all this rebuilding work in the city of New Orleans post-Katrina, loving people. Um, and my wife's kind of building this community in a place mm-hmm. called Uptown right near St. Charles Avenue. And uh, over dinner one night with one of my wife's coworkers, we lead this um, incredible lady to the Lord. And it was through that that the Lord, as I was starting to pray through, okay, Lord, how do I most effectively make disciples here in the city of New Orleans for your glory, for your kingdom? And the Lord called us in that moment to move off the seminary campus into this neighborhood, uptown, and uh, start a small group. And hmm. so then I think we called ours Life Group. They've evolved in different names. Yeah. But we started a Bible study in our home, and that Bible study— uh, 10 years later has multiplied to be this amazing church that I've had the privilege of pastoring the last 10 years. So it started just with a small group in your home yep. and then eventually became Vintage Church. Yep. Um, and you've been pastoring there for the past 10 years. Just tell us a little bit about what you've seen God do in the city of New Orleans yep. through Vintage. Yeah, so I think it's really important because um, one of the things that really struck my heart as this opportunity came to be a part of Long Hollow Um, The whole replicate model Mm -hmm. that you guys are implementing here is a model that we believe is going to launch churches in 32 North American cities. Mm. And even though I didn't name it replicate back then, both Robbie and I had the same mentor and we're both taught the same biblical principles. This is not about a brand or anything. This is the Bible. And so what we're doing um, is something that you find as you read the book of Acts. Sure. And so you go with the purpose of leading people to Jesus, with the purpose of discipling them, that then disciple others, that then disciple others, and pray you run out of room so that you have to start gathering as a larger group to worship Jesus and then sending them back out, not just to go to church, but to be the church. And so um, what ended up happening with New Orleans, we started one group. And immediately, um, we blew that group up. I remember we had 40, 50 people in my home. And we're like, we got to do something. (laughs) And so what I did, I I remember I I had no strategies or anything. I just said, all right, I'm going to select two other leaders. And I'm going to pour into them for a month. And while we're together, 40, 50 people, I'm going to give them opportunities to lead while we're under one roof. And so literally, I went old school, almost like a coach. And I would go down the line after we would share a meal together, and I'd go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And I'd say, threes, you're downstairs in the garage. Twos, you're in my bedroom. Ones, stay here in the living room. We had a small little duplex. And I would lead the ones, and I would give my other two guys opportunities to lead the other groups. And so what ended up happening, I gave them practice, and then a month or so later, we said, all right, we're going to send out two group leaders. Mm -hmm. And so that was in January of 2008. We had three groups, 
by the time we got to the fall of 2008, um, we had seven groups and we had almost 200 people. And so literally that was the model. And so we didn't spend a whole lot of money on a marketing plan. Mm -hmm. When we launched our church, we literally, as we went to three groups, we started to gather for worship weekly on Sunday nights. Hmm. And we met in a bar on Magazine Street. uh, And uh, that really, you know, blessed a lot of people who are a little bit more, uh, you know, careful and uh, traditional. But it was the only place we could find. Uh, A Jewish man uh, literally adopted me like his nephew and gave us a place to meet, which is still to this day what we call our Vintage Art Center. We use as a bridge builder to just connect with people, host events, different things. That's where we planted. And uh, we moved to Sunday mornings, fall of 2008, and officially launched our church with around 200 people. But it really started then. And, And so the journey... I wish I could say uh, was brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's a story of God's grace. Mm. Um, I'm a little nervous being asked to plant a church again because I don't really know what I'm doing. Huh. Uh, but we followed Jesus. Um, my number one job assignment over the last 10 years was to listen to Jesus do what he says. Mm. And so he moved us all over the city. We met in 13 different locations in 10 years. Not and, ideal uh, for no, 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 but none of the textbooks would say, "Hey, move around a lot yeah. as you plant a church." Yeah, we our slogan for a long time was, "We're a cool church if you can find us." <laughs> and so uh, we were literally—I mean, we would meet at a, a bowling alley. It would go great. We'd cause some problems, you know, because of space and different things. The owners would say, "I don't want to work that hard on a Sunday." They'd kick us out. And so we'd go to a Methodist church, and then we'd go to a theater, and then we'd go to this place, and. Uh, And all the times God's continuing to bless and grow the church. Yeah, and it didn't rattle our church because our our church was less about the gathering, Hmm. and it was more about our groups. Wow. And so what ended up happening, yes, we had people that just came to the gatherings, but what ended up happening was God was doing something unique in that city. And it was making us less of just a one neighborhood city Mm -hmm. um, in church to a citywide church. Mm. And so what we found out is that neighbors in Metairie or Kenner or the North Shore or Uptown or West Bank or whatever else could be a part of our church because they found out that where discipleship was happening was actually in our home groups. Mm. And, um, and, And that's where life was happening and that this celebration that happened on the weekends if we were meeting in a movie theater or a bowling alley, or eventually we ended up inheriting an old Baptist church that died and gave us their property, and we did a renovation of that, and that's now more our home base now. We praise God for a facility. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the point. Yeah, It's a celebration of the point, which is us going out, living the gospel, serving the city, and being the church. And mm-hmm. so um, crazy, crazy ride. Look, one of the things I've challenged myself with this year um, as I've got a little bit of a margin because God's rattled me and called me to do this again is I don't know if it'll turn into a book. Maybe it will. But I'm really challenging myself to write down the mm. last 10 year uh, wow. journey because I want to learn from it and I also want to celebrate it because it really has been a move of God in the city of New Orleans, one of Satan's favorite playgrounds that can only be credited to God and his glory. Mm. And he's used me despite me. And uh, there's a beautiful church family that's my church family forever Hmm. that's still making disciples in that city. And I think the best is yet to come for them, even Hmm. as I've transitioned. 
Well, I've been following your story. We've known each other through because of Robbie uh, for the past seven or eight years, I'd say. And so I've been watching what God's been doing at Vintage uh, and praying for you and praying for the church and just amazed to see what God has done through the people there in the city. So recently, the past year or so, when I heard that God may be moving in your heart, I thought, what? What? Not Rob Wilton. What? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the pastor at Vintage, and God's doing amazing things there in New Orleans. Um, so tell me a little bit about this new uh, chapter in yeah. your ministry and in, in your lives. How did that happen? Yeah, well, the what was also the same thing for me and my wife. Um, I took last summer, really my first sabbatical, um, and hit the road. Actually, I left my phone at home for... Uh, eight weeks. It was like seven, eight weeks, I think, and just took off. And through the generosity of some friends, was able to to get away and turn off. And um, I was studying uh, Paul's epistles and uh, just reading all these different stories of Paul coming in to plant the gospel and hmm. to see a church blossom out of him planting the gospel. I mean, God just tugged at my heart. And I remember very clearly going to my wife, we were at the beach, and I said, I don't want you to be freaked out by this, but I don't think we're supposed to be in New Orleans forever. I think the Lord's calling me apostolically to keep planting. Hmm. And I don't know what that looks like. It might just be that I need to be more intentional in New Orleans mm-hmm. to plant churches, um, which I had already been. We, sure. we planted five churches out of our church in New Orleans. And formed a little network, some of whom are going to be a part of this uh, journey with us uh, in New York City, Denver, Colorado, uh, San Antonio, Des Moines, Iowa, and then on the West Bank of New Orleans, we sent a guy. And so church planning has always been a passion of mine. But yeah. as I started diving deeper, I was like, oh, no, the Lord's saying you, Rob, like you've got to go. Well, around that time, an opportunity came um, as I knew the Lord was making me restless Mm -hmm. um, in Orlando, Florida. And um, I made two commitments personally and only shared this with the pastoral team down there in New Orleans. But if the Lord was calling me somewhere, um, I wanted to make sure that as I leave, the church is the healthiest place it's ever been. And so that was one commitment that I made. Secondly, that I would personally disciple the next leadership for the church. Hmm. And so um, immediately as this Orlando opportunity came, it was a unique opportunity. The church came to me and asked basically for me to do a replant Mm -hmm. of an old Baptist church downtown Orlando. Um, We went all the way to where actually I was voted in as their pastor. And three weeks into being voted in as their pastor, it became very clear that a lot of what they were asking me to do Um, was no longer um, the agreement. And so we had some tough discussions with their leadership, but it became very clear, and I've still got great friends there, but I wasn't the right type of leader. They were looking for someone to more maintain what they were doing um, instead of mobilize a mission. And I knew that to continue forward there was actually going to be a disobedience to God's call upon my life. And so I resigned. And when I resigned, just being honest, Colin, it got dark. Like, I didn't know what the Lord had in store for me. I had already shared this vision with the church. I kind of went back. Um, the the guys, I've had the privilege of being the New Orleans Saints chaplain for seven years. They were joking with me. They are like, Rob, you're a free agent now. And I was like, yeah, but I don't get the perks you get when yeah, you're free right. agents. It doesn't right? work like that. It doesn't quite work like that. But I did have some opportunities come my way to be senior pastor of another church or whatever 
But that whole kind of old saying, you don't shop uh, while you're hungry kind of a deal. You'll buy Oreos and forget it. And some things look good, especially at that time. But I knew the Lord was still calling me to something. Hmm. And I didn't feel like I was done planning. And I ended up getting a phone call from North American Mission Board, uh, Kevin Ezell, who's a great friend of Long Hollow. Yeah. And basically it was, Rob, if you're willing to go to another city, why not roll up your sleeves with us and go to a strategic send city in North America? Hmm. We would love to send you. And so as we started to pray through that, um, they uh, came to me uh, with the idea, with the vision of going to the city of Pittsburgh. Hmm. <laughs> Colin, I'll be honest, first time I heard that, I was like, no. Anywhere but Pittsburgh. Because you, know? you grew up in New Orleans and yeah. South Carolina. Just the thought of the cold weather freaks me out. I had never thought about Pittsburgh. I don't like the Steelers. I mean, there's there's so many things. But Kevin was like, Rob, before you say no, let's take a trip. Hmm. We went, and believe it or not, it's beautiful. It's like a hidden gem of America. Huh. Like, it's gorgeous there. The old steel kind of, you know, reputation, everything. Um, it's a cutting edge uh, city, new tech city. Uh, it's vying for one of Amazon's uh, East headquarters. Hmm. It's in the top five. Uh, Google has some headquarters there. Uh, some of the first Uber cars uh, without drivers are there. And so um, you've got a whole bunch of really cool things with robotics yeah. and different things. But regardless, um, when we went to that city, kind of going through Fort P- Pitt Tunnel, uh, God just started to speak. And um, on top of that, Kevin shared with us the reality that of 32 strategic North American cities, this is probably the city that ranks 32nd. Wow. Um, And it's not because it's so hard. It's just in regards to North American Mission Board activity. Yeah. um, That's the least amount of work right now. Hmm. And so, man, God just started tugging my heart. My wife and I got a chance to go and pray on a trip together. And we said yes. Uh, I had no idea that behind the scenes, my brother, Greg Wilton, who serves as the missions pastor here, and Robbie and y'all's lead team were already starting to pray about planting churches in these 32 cent cities. And so I'll never forget calling my brother and saying, hey, what do you think about this? And he was like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) And I was like, no. He's like, man, we're talking to Nam too. And so this has just become the perfect marriage. Yeah of me being able to come and jump in alongside a vision that it's not Long Hollow's vision. It's not Rob Wilton's vision. It's not Vintage Church. It's not even Nam's vision. This is God's vision. That's right. And we're all sinking in, stepping into a vision of um, gospel multiplication, of making disciples strategically in the influencing centers of North America. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fired up. Well, it's crazy to hear your story of how God was working uh, in your your life and ministry, because you're right, behind the scenes here at Long Hollow, um, our leadership team, we've been praying for a while that God would uh, enable us to start this multiplying movement of church planting, which God has uh been gracious enough to us where we have planted. Long Hollow has planted some churches yeah. uh, in the past, but through our close relationship with Kevin Ezell and North American Mission Board, uh, we were talking to them about, hey, what would it look like for us to adopt these sin cities? Would you help us think through how we can be strategic about planting churches in these cities? And so we started talking about a church planting uh, residency program and bringing church planters um, 
folks that God was calling to plant here to Long Hollow to really enable us to help equip them and pour into them this disciple-making model uh, and then send them to one of these cities, hopefully with a team. Yeah. And so for then Greg to come to us and say, guys, I just talked to Rob, listen to what God's doing in his heart, was an answer to prayer. And yeah. I don't know why, but I continue to be amazed when God does things yeah. like that, like yeah. I should see those things coming yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, but you being here is such an answer to prayer for us because of your experience already as a church planter. I think you being here will be different than maybe some future planters we yeah. have. In fact, we've talked to you about helping us develop what this residency looks like for a church planter. So could you tell me a little bit, and I know you've only been here a week or two um, and are still thinking and praying through, but tell me what you hope to accomplish in your time yeah. here at Long Hollow and what you hope future planters will get out of their time being here. Yeah, so if I can be somewhat selfish, and you guys are being so generous and hospitable to me and my family, but one of the reasons why I'm here is to take a little bit of a rest. Um, Well-deserved. You know, I've, I've found very quickly um, that if my walk with the Lord and my walk with my family is not in the right place, mm. um, I'm nothing. Mm. And church planning is not easy. Um, my wife and I keep looking at each other, you know, almost every night before we go to bed and say, are we really doing this again? <laughs> uh, you know, you can just imagine our church is four or 500 people in new Orleans. We've got a people we love there. Uh, we've wept a lot saying goodbye to mm -hmm. that church that, that we've seen come to faith in Jesus and rise up as leaders and to just leave it, mm -hmm. uh, has been very difficult, um, and so to take on this task, I've been so thankful to receive just encouragement here, uh, mm. rest, love. Uh, my kids have been so blessed already by getting to hang out, and they're already in upward leagues and, you know, hanging out with, with the kids here. And, and y'all have been so generous to, to provide a place for us to do that. But um, I don't rest a whole lot. <laughs> and uh, I'm here on mission and the mission strategically is twofold. Um, number one, it's to come alongside the vision of Pastor Robbie and Greg and uh, the team here to, yes, build a church planner residency hmm. um, where we're praying uh, we will see for years to come mm -hmm. um, tons of church planners and their families come in grow, learn, and prepare to be sent out from this place, um, really with the replicate DNA mm -hmm. of making disciples. And so um, I'm really excited to do that. Um, and so that's that's the one thing. As I do that, uh, I am going to, at some way, uh, go and visit all the different ministries and get to know a lot of people here because over the last 10 years, this was the first church I ever pastored. Mm. And even just being in the office two days now, I've learned a ton. And so there's some things that I'm a little ticked off about because I've seen some some procedures and ways that y'all have done it. I've been like, that's so much easier. <laughs> Why didn't I have that? And then hopefully I'll be able to contribute to some of what you guys are doing Absolutely. from what I've learned. Um, but that's going to be fun for me to get to hang out with all the different ministry departments, uh, have meals with people, learn. The second thing is obviously planning a church in Pittsburgh. Hmm. And so I'm going to be taking some vision trips. We're so excited to share 
the different dates where we're actually going to strategically invite Long Hollow church members mm-hmm. who are interested, even if it's just, hey, we are going to commit our D group or our life group. We're all in to pray for Rob. Mm. And so in order for us to really pray for Rob strategically, it'd be great for us to go visit Pittsburgh yeah. and see it firsthand so that we know. But I do pray that um, we've already started to hear from some Long Hollow uh, church members that are praying about already relocating uh, in some place in the country. And I'm going to be the first one kind of in their ear saying, hey, how about Pittsburgh? Yeah. Could you could you find a job in Pittsburgh? Could you be a part of our launch team? Uh, God's already, uh, if you add kids as well, put together a team of over 20 people who have interest and who are praying. There's a couple wow. in New Orleans that's coming to join us next summer. Uh, there's a, a couple other uh, friends and different things that are praying uh, to be a part of this launch team, and so um, we're gonna we're gonna plant a church in Pittsburgh, and so a lot of my focus is researching Pittsburgh, preparing for that. Um, I'm gonna be preaching, traveling a good bit this spring uh, because uh, Long Hollow is the primary sending church, mm-hmm. and then the way Nam likes to do it is um, they like to also uh, encourage a church planter to get supporting churches, mm-hmm. and so uh, my dad's church is in as a supporting church, obviously in New Orleans, Vintage Church, New Orleans is going to send, and I'm going to be taking the name. It's a completely autonomous church, but we will be called Vintage Church Pittsburgh. Okay. And so, uh, honestly, there's some things that this is bigger than a logo or a brand. This is my heart and my passion that I built in New Orleans, and we're going to contextualize it for Pittsburgh, but we're going to run the Vintage Church play. Hmm. Um, and I'm so excited. The, the now lead pastor of Vintage Church New Orleans has been in a replicate cohort, hmm. and they are actually, their sermon series kicking off 2018 is called Replicate. Wow. And they're walking through the book of Matthew. And so Replicate is a big part of the DNA, the Long Hollow Vintage Church Partnership. We're we're one family together already. And so um, I'm excited about all that preparation in this season to then eventually be sent out. Um, we're, we're planning on moving to Pittsburgh at the end of the summer. So you mentioned that there were around 20 people that were already praying about being part of a launch team. Yeah. Are those people, as, as you're looking for people to pray and go to move to Pittsburgh and help launch this church, are those staff members that you're hoping to to take, other um, pastors or worship leaders? Yeah. And why is it important to have a group with yeah. you? Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's uh, so one of our um, goals, a vision that we have for planning a church in Pittsburgh because of the need in Pittsburgh is to as fast as possible be a multiplying church. And so in order for us to do that, we are going to launch large. Um, and so in order for us to launch large, um, we strategically already need people who know the Lord. Um, they don't have to be professional ministers. Mm. Uh, they don't have to be called to be a staff member. Mm-hmm. These are just um, the thousands of people that are at Long Hollow, people who are trained in how to make disciples through their workplace, mm. uh, through their neighborhoods, by opening up their home. Uh, we need an army in Pittsburgh that mm. are willing to say, you know what? Um, God's put a stirring in my heart to actually move my family to another city. I'm going to look into Pittsburgh, and I'm going to look at the landscape there. And if there's a career opportunity for me to 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 move my career to Pittsburgh and to strategically link up as just a core member of the launch team of this church, 
Um, we're going to do some strategic events to reach people, to connect with people. I'm really excited. We're going to launch um, in New Orleans as the New Orleans Saints chaplain. I've been a great friend with Drew Brees. He just launched a uh, brand new flag football league that's going nationwide. There's actually one starting here in Hendersonville. Hmm. And um, one of the assistant coach's brothers is launching it here in H- Hendersonville. It's called Play FNA, so football in America. Well, he's given me permission to go to Pittsburgh and launch this football league in Pittsburgh. And so when we land this fall in Pittsburgh, one of the ways we're going to connect with people is by launching this football league. Hmm. Well, I pray that as we start to connect with people, immediately we have small groups to put them in. And so some of that's going to take some time. Like I did 10 years ago, you got to disciple people first. Yeah. But if we could have an army that lands ready to already host people, to already disciple people, man, we'll take off. And wow. uh, we'll not only see people come to faith in Jesus, but we'll see those people discipled in a group and then sent out to disciple other groups. Hmm. And and that's how rapid multiplication will happen. Um, Nam has also equipped me to try and uh, the, the language is this. It, it sounds funny, but we're going to plant pregnant. And so what we mean by that is I'm looking strategically for another church planner hmm. to come and land with me in Pittsburgh. I'm going to disciple, uh, show how to plant a church for our first year or two. And we're praying within our first two years that we will actually send out this church planner to plant another church in Pittsburgh Wow! Um, as fast as we can. And that's what we mean by being a multiplying church. Wow. So almost, if I hear you right, by us helping you plant in Pittsburgh, we're almost helping two churches plant yep. Yep. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, I know that um, Pastor shared this vision of the 32 sin cities, these strategic cities in North America, a few weeks ago, and really encouraged our people to be praying if God would have them uh, to go and to serve in one of these areas, because it is not about how large can we build Long Hollow. Right. And I know this is your heart, too. It is how large can we build God's kingdom. Right. And that is by seeing people come to faith in Jesus and then making disciples who make disciples. Robbie even told our staff yesterday in our staff meeting when he was introducing you, he told this was our monthly all-staff meeting, and he said, God may be calling some of you to go with Rob. Yeah, so should we announce right now that you're coming with me to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know we were going to say that on the podcast. Oh, oh, was that premature? Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, we'll need to talk to Stephanie about that. No, but seriously, um, as a leadership team, we had to have that discussion because that means we could lose some of our best, quote unquote, best volunteers or our best church members who lead ministries or maybe even staff members who we know and love and are um, key people to the ministry that is here, we had to come to um, be okay with God calling them to go to Pittsburgh or LA or Denver or wherever that is that God leads us to plant. And ultimately, we decided, you know what? The kingdom of God is more important than Long Hollow. Yeah. And so I pray that as you go, that God will build this army of people uh, from here and from New Orleans, from Vintage, uh, to go with you to Pittsburgh. Tell me how we can pray for you and your family uh, as you are here during these next few months. Yeah, I I would first say, because it it really, when you plan a church, a lot of it is on the planner. 
And uh, there are probably some things that um, I need to uh, get healthier in in regards to just honestly rest and refreshment in the Lord. And so I think that goes for my wife as well. Uh, We're both pretty tired from the last 10 years of planning in New Orleans. It's not been an easy ride. And so I would say prayers for us personally to be revived during this. And and it's already started to happen. My wife and I were saying that just last night um, after we had our F-260 family time going through those foundation books. We're just, we're thankful. But keep praying because I think that's one of the ways the enemy is going to you know, prevent us from really accomplishing the the vision that God has for us. And I think that should be a prayer for all of us. But, Absolutely. Um, secondly, uh, supporting churches. Um, you know, I'm going to be uh, reaching out to some other partnering churches that would also catch this vision. So thankful for Kevin Ezell. He's been plugging Pittsburgh, I think, for a decade. And uh, even before he came to NAM, it seems <laughs> like it. Because when I talk with people, uh, people are like, man, Kevin's so fired up about Pittsburgh, and I love it. He's fired up about all the cities, but he's had a, a very special connection to the city of Pittsburgh, and uh, he's been such a great friend to me. Um, and so I'm going to be going and, and reaching out to some other churches that would also be a part of this that would come alongside Robbie's leadership as the sending church mm. and Greg's leadership to to help partner with us. Um, third thing is I would just say um, that God would start to prepare the hearts for the lost in Pittsburgh. And I'll just kind of share this story. Um, there was uh, a guy in our church um, that uh, came to faith in Jesus uh, in New Orleans. He's a big guy, um, probably six six, six seven over 300 pounds. Everybody thinks he plays for the Saints. I was going to say, um, does he play for the no, Saints? No, he doesn't play for the Saints. And so came to faith in Jesus through our ministry down there, and I had the privilege of baptizing. Also had the privilege of walking uh, upon after his con- conversion with his marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, he comes up to me the Sunday that I'm leaving. And the Sunday that I'm leaving, so when I prayed, Lord, would the church be healthier than ever? And would I have the pri- could you give me the privilege of raising up the leaders? That night, we had an ordination service of three new pastors for the church. And it was the most packed out thing we've ever been a part of um, over the last, really, year. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it hurt my feelings because here's everybody <laughs> celebrating. But they're so fired up. And so... After that service, this guy comes up to me, and he's got, like, this stone-cold face, you know. And I'm like, I'm in trouble. And he goes, Rob, I've been really ticked off with you, Pastor Rob. I've been really ticked off with you. I said, man, I know it's it's been tough. I mean, this is hard. And he goes, but what you did today, when you preached about gospel multiplication and what I'm seeing tonight, he said, you know, if it wasn't for this church, if you hadn't come to New Orleans to plant Vintage Church 10 years ago, Today, I wouldn't know Jesus, and I would probably be divorced. Mm. And he said, it hit me like a ton of bricks today. He said, you can't stay here because there's someone just like me in the city of Pittsburgh, and you got to go. And I looked at him, and I said, that's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. And so I know that God has called me the city of Pittsburgh to push darkness back in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we're going to go and seek and save the lost. And we're going to go and see gospel multiplication happen throughout, not just this one church that we plant, but I pray, you know, in the city of New Orleans, I was one of the first guys to plant after Katrina. There's now over like 40 church plants in the city of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. 
I pray that we blow that out of the water in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Ten years from now, I pray for a hundred church plants mm -hmm. all over the city of Pittsburgh, saturating that city with the gospel. And that being not just church members going from church to church, but it's yeah. legit reaching into the city, finding those who don't know Jesus and seeing them saved by the gospel. That's awesome. Well, Rob, we're excited that you're here. We're excited to send you out, hopefully with a with a great uh, army from Long Hollow. Uh, we'll be praying for you during your time here. Hopefully folks will come uh, introduce themselves and get to know you and your family. Thanks for being here today, just sharing yeah. who you are and a little bit of your story of what God's doing in your life. Man, thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited to keep learning with you guys and uh, seeing our family kind of grow with this Long Hollow family. Thank you for listening to the Long Hollow Stories podcast. If you have a story you would like to share or have a question concerning today's episode, email us at podcast at longhollow.com.